Do I look fat? Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Do I Look Fat podcast. This week, it's just me. Um, I decided to bless y'all with a solo episode. I'm just coming back from vacation. I was literally out of town, it feels like, for like three weeks. Um, Shout out to Carlo Amaris and the Shit I'm 30 podcast, um, as well as the Idea to Launch Academy. She hosted the first annual Synergy Women's Wellness Retreat over in Orlando. It was a group of about 10 to 15 women, and we all got together. We talked shit. We laughed. We drank. We swam. We did all types of things, and it was amazing. Um So coming from that, I just felt on such a high and I wanted to actually just zen out this week and just give you me without any guests just so we can, you know, chit chat, talk shit and all that jazz. So real quick, I wanted to, of course, do an icebreaker and I had some leftover questions from my last solo episode. So back in August, I had asked a bunch of my Instagram followers what questions did they want to ask me? And um, I only answered three on that episode. So I decided to just answer a couple more. So the first question is, what is the best advice you've ever received? And I must say, the answer to this question, I'm not really sure who gave me this advice. I think it was a bunch of people, to be 100% honest. But it was basically to be genuinely myself. I spent a long time being the person I thought everyone wanted me to be, being the person or doing the things I thought everyone wanted me to do, whether that was, you know, working full time in the medical field, whether that was, you know, working out hard and eating clean just so people can find me aesthetically pleasing, whether that was going out all the time to, you know, party and drink and bullshit. I held on to a lot of those things for longer than they suited me, mostly because I didn't want to let the people around me down. And as soon as I stopped doing all of these things that I thought everybody wanted from me, I did, yes, lose some friends, but I've actually gained more. And I've gained more quality people in my life, more like people who actually like me for me and honestly, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. I have I have created a circle around me of people who I can, one, depend on, two, confide in, and three, just have overall fun because I'm not pretending to be something that I'm not. And I wish I would have listened to this advice a long time ago, but you know, people grow people evolve and it just took me some time to get to this point okay so question number two how do you handle being a mom during the pandemic so my motherhood has changed so much within this pandemic in the beginning of covid i literally went almost a month without seeing my son and then during the end of the pandemic, it was like me and his father switched roles. I had essentially became a weekend parent and I never had experienced anything like that in my life. I went through a depression. I 
I like didn't know who I was like without my son being here. And yes, he drives me crazy. Yes, he gets on my nerves, but he is the light of my life. And not having him with me every day really took a toll on me. When I realized that schools were opening up slowly and they were trying to get, you know, kids to come back in to be quote unquote normal. I told myself I didn't want to do that. But with that, I had to make big life choices. I quit my job to be essentially a stay-at-home mom. And being a stay-at-home mom is something completely different than I've ever known as well. Like, yes, I wanted my son with me. Yes, I missed him so much. Yes, I couldn't be without him. But being a stay-at-home mom without the breaks of work in school is wild between virtual learning cooking every meal trying to keep him active and entertained like right now he's trying to break into my room as I'm recording this podcast because he's just he's become so I don't want to say clingy but he's become so used to having me around and it's just a lot I never thought being a stay-at-home mom was easy And this pandemic has shown me that it is really difficult. And furthermore, I commend all of the mothers out there who are staying home because of COVID, but also still working remotely because I don't know if I could do that. That is just, it's like double the whammy and I commend y'all round of applause for you guys. Honestly, it's not easy. It's, it's just, it's, It's wild. (laughs) And that's all I can say. It's really wild. Um, Okay, let's get into the third question. So the third question is, do you think life will truly change after the pandemic is under control? I think life changed already. I don't think life will ever be the same again. Life as we know it is evolving every day. And I feel like it's in a direction it was bound to go anyway. How many jobs, especially in New York City, that's where I'm from. If this is your first time listening, I am a native New Yorker born and raised. How many jobs in New York City have we realized we don't need to commute to anymore? Imagine not having to ride that nasty steel horse for about 60 to 90 minutes a day and still get your job done. I have friends who have been basically told that their position has become permanently remote. One A lot of these companies are realizing that having actual office space is obsolete because everything can be done remotely. There are positions that all you need is a computer and a landline and not even a landline, just a computer and a phone somewhere where people can call you some type of Internet service. Do you know how much overhead these jobs are like are saving and. I think this is a direction that society was going anyway with the evolution of technology with the evolution of the internet apps and just being able to communicate in so many different ways a lot of these jobs you don't need to commute into a building for you don't need to be face to face with anybody anymore everything can be done remotely and I really just think This is where we were heading anyway, but COVID kind of like forced us to do it and pushed us out of our comfort zone. And I mean, think about it. A lot of these company owners, a lot of these bosses are baby boomers. 
baby boomers are very rigid, very stuck in their ways and all of that. So it really took something like COVID to force the hand of these people. And in my opinion, I think it's the step in the right direction. It while COVID sucks and I hate not having regular human interaction, I think 2020 has forced people to really tap into home life, really tap into family life, really tap into, you know, being around people who make you happy just because we can't run and hide anymore. We can't run to the nearest bar. Well, I mean, in New York City, you can because we don't know how to fucking act, but we can't run to, you know, a club. We can't run to these things that have a multitude of people, right? So we have to really be focused on our inner circle, our family, our friends, and things of that nature. So do I think life will truly change? Yeah, because it has, and I don't think it's ever going to go back. Okay, so now that that's all done, our little icebreaker, um, you got some insight into some of the things I'd be thinking about. I wanted to get into our next segment, which of course is Eat Your Heart Out. And again, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, Eat Your Heart Out is a segment where we discuss diet, diet trends, eating habits, anything like that, either that I've tried, I've read about, whether they pertain to my life or they don't, whether I think they're stupid or very smart, I just like to talk about them. So I wanted to talk about eating based on your natal chart. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what your natal chart is, we're talking about astrology. So most people will know what their sign is, right? Their sun sign. It's when you were born, you're one of 12 signs, right? So that's just one part of you. If you catch my lives on Instagram, if you want to join the tribe, underscore Steffi Kiss, I go on Instagram from time to time and sometimes we go into these rabbit holes of discussing natal charts. You are more than just your sun sign. There are a lot of people who say zodiac and astrology is basically bogus because their sun sign doesn't relate to them, whatever have you, right? And if you are one of those people, I really, really urge you to take a look at your natal chart. There are so many more things that make you you than just your sun sign, right? There's your sun sign, there's your moon, your rising, and then each planet literally governs a part of your personality from the way you communicate to the way you love to the way you fight to the way you have sex. Literally, all of that is governed by a planet and each planet has its own sign that you were born under. It's so intricate and it's so to me, it is so interesting. So this week, I wanted to talk about that. And I wanted to keep it light and talk about how eating to suit your natal chart can be beneficial. I found an article on findyourfate.com. And it talks about linking your health and diet to astrology. And it says, One's astrological chart describes their unique constitutional makeup. From this, a medical astrologer can identify health issues they are most likely to experience, as well as specific recommendations of what they can do to regain and maintain optimum well-being. 
Astrology identifies four basic constitutional types, fire, earth, air, and water. The fire signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, and are considered to possess the most energy and vitality of all the signs. The air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, are considered the second most vital, though they are more reactive to external stimuli. The water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, are more changeable and emotionally reactive. The earth signs are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, and possess great steadiness and endurance without the vital spark of fire or air. While the article is mostly geared to sun signs, if you happen to know what element rules your chart, you could have a better understanding of what rules you. Take me, for example. My natal chart, which I am classifying it as, meaning my sun, moon, and rising, as well as the eight planets. Now, Earth is not included, so we're talking about the eight other planets. The top dominating elements, for me personally, are water and air, with each of them governing four elements of my natal chart, which for me makes so much sense. I'm essentially a hurricane of emotion, but don't fuck with me because I can definitely wreak havoc. So while your sun sign might be one element, that does not mean that that is your dominating element. The article says the maintenance of health is a process of constant readjustment to change. We each tend to experience periods of excess or deficiency of our constitutional element, which require adjustment of diet, lifestyle, or even supplementation. We're going to start first with the fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Fire signs rule the function of internal combustion or digestion, the burning up or absorption of food. Fire also purifies the system by burning off toxins, viruses, bacteria, and fungus. Fire signs easily fight disease Their constitution naturally tends towards higher temperatures. Now, with your signs, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you can have excess or very low of what makes you you, right? So when you have excess, you have too much of this quote-unquote fire inside of you, right? When these signs have extra fire, they are unbalanced or overstimulated and are prone to burning themselves out. Excess fire can be impatient and angry or internalizes it into hypertension, heart problems, ulcers, or inflammations. Excess fire is brought back into balance by foods that are cold, moist, and heavy, or slow-burning foods that ground energy. What they suggest is to intake more grains or root vegetables, to avoid spicy foods and red meat, and if you wanted some sort of remedy, herbs like chamomile and lemon balm will help you. When your fire is low, however, it may be hard to burn off or fight disease. Digestion and absorption of food is inadequate. Eat foods that are hot, light, dry, and aromatic. Avoid cold foods. So you should definitely intake lemon, yogurt, bitter greens like kale and mustard, avoid dairy products and meat, and if you needed remedies, digestive stimulants like cayenne, mustard, cloves, cinnamon, garlic, and ginger could be beneficial. 
The next sign we're going to talk about are air signs, which are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Air rules the nervous and circulatory systems and the function of movement. Air people are easily stimulated with quick and extremely sensitive minds that are easily thrown off balance and overwhelmed. Excess air can lead to overactive, restless, sensitive minds and even sometimes nervous exhaustion. As does dry skin, hair, and mucous membranes, insomnia, and even some memory loss from systemic overload. Excess air benefits from scheduled windows of quiet and mental stimulation to allow the nervous system to recharge itself. As far as food is concerned, they recommend that you intake lightly steamed vegetables, nuts, and croutons, avoid raw foods, grains, root crops, and yeasty foods, and also refined sugar. Remedies could include enzyme-rich foods like pineapples, papayas, mangoes, honey, bananas, and avocados, which help in proper absorption of nutrients. When the air element is low, there is difficulty with the flow of energy throughout the body. A weakened nervous system benefits from mineral support such as calcium and magnesium and circulatory stimulants. Eat plenty of raw foods, vegetable juices, and sprouted seeds. Oats in any form are tonifying to a weak nervous system without being sedating. They recommend in taking more ginkgo, cayenne, garlic, ginger, and yogurt. Remedies could include dandelion root and gostura bitters. The next element we're going to talk about are the water signs, which include Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. The water element rules the reproductive and lymphatic systems and body liquids, including blood, mucus, and lymph. Water lubricates, flushes, and cools the body. Water signs are exceptionally sensitive to their environment, particularly to fungi, bacteria, and viruses. Health issues for water signs generally have a strong emotional component. Water sign people easily pick up negativity from others. They tend to brood on their health and imagine problems to be greater than they are. Their health problems tend to recur in cycles. People with excess water tend towards sluggish digestion, poor assimilation, and slow metabolism. Stagnant excess water may manifest as mucus, cysts, tumor, and swelling, as well as systemic candida. Excess water can manifest as weight problems, and it is seldom helpful to decrease dietary intake alone. Better results come from increasing the metabolic rate, decreasing the liquid intake, and changing the diet and increasing physical activity. Excess water is balanced by foods that are hot, dry, and light. Take in steamed vegetables, beans, and fruit. Avoid oily foods, dairy, sweets, yeasty foods, breads, and salt. Remedies include sage, basil, and thyme. Diuretics such as parsley and juniper berries also help. People who have low water have trouble flushing toxins from their system and lack lubrication in their systems. They tend to be stiff and dehydrated and have difficulty sleeping. They suffer from conditions similar to excess air, such as skin and hair dryness and difficult absorption of nutrients. They find it hard to accept emotional nourishment. 
We recommend taking baths, drink plenty of liquids, and live near water. Melons, cucumbers, and other moist, fleshy vegetables help balance this constitution. Don't fast. Take care with extreme exposure to heat and sunlight and take extra salt with exertion or warm weather. Again, they recommend wheat, rice, oats, seaweed, dairy products, and natural sugars when you're low in water, but they want you to avoid beans and natural diuretics such as carrots, celery, cabbage, and asparagus. Remedies can include licorice sweetened with honey and fruit juices. The last element is the earth constitution, which are the signs Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. The earth element rules the skeletal systems. The earth element is essential for growth, reproduction, and repair of tissues. Earth signs tend toward weight problems, tumor growth, and glandular disorders. Overeating and a diet of heavy foods create excess earth, which is aggravated by lack of exercise and sedentary habits. The earth signs have a strong sense of impressions and drive on contact with the earth. Theirs is a strength of endurance and persistence. They are more resistant to transient colds and flu than fire or air signs. People with excess earth are prone to heaviness in the body and sluggishness in the system and the struggle to overcome inertia. Their digestion and metabolism are slow, which can increase the density of body tissue. For example, thick skin, sclerosis, calcium deposits, tumors, and increased body hair. For this, they recommend taking fruit, salads, sprouts, steamed vegetables with spices added, some juices, soups, and teas. Avoid, avoid, avoid heavier diets. Remedies can include bitter tonics such as Swedish bitters and hot spices such as ginger, black pepper, and cayenne. Low earth needs grounding. These people tend to ignore their bodies and are not instinctive about what they need. They need routines that stabilize them and give them security. They need more sleep than other elements and could benefit from physical contact with the earth. They recommend intaking meat, potatoes, refined grains, root crops, dairy, steamed vegetables, cheese, butter, sugar, and oil. First of all, that sounds wild. Um, They want you to avoid fruits and raw foods. Mm, I don't know. This this low earth, if you have low earth, I don't know. Like, I don't think anybody nowadays has low earth. (laughs) Um, Remedies can include things such as licorice and seaweed and minerals like ginseng. It's wild. And again, I said I wanted to keep this kind of light as far as your natal chart is concerned. Um... I don't know if I would actually eat based off of my natal chart. I think when it comes to my natal chart, I use it more towards as a personality kind of guide. Not necessarily 100% foolproof, but it kind of gives you almost like a blueprint of what a person may be like. Not necessarily what they are like, but what they could be like and what to possibly expect from people. Like I said, I'm mostly air and water. I am emotional. I am a water baby. But then also, like, I am air. I 
like to be stimulated. I fly by night with ideas. My mind is always running. I can be anxious. Like all of these things come from all of the air in my chart and then all of my emotional and, you know, overly reactive comes from the water. With all of that being said, I hope you enjoyed the segment. It was a little different than something that I usually do. Again, it's just me. So I just wanted to talk about something that I kind of wanted to learn about, kind of wanted to read up on, kind of wanted to look into. I hope you guys enjoyed it. The next segment, as usual, is the heart on my sleeve segment. And for today, I wanted to talk about the importance of building a tribe. Again, if this is your first time listening, the heart on my sleeve is where we deep dive into things that I'm going through. You know, I say this all the time. I'm really just trying to get my life all the way together. And there are different things that I endure weekly, monthly, yearly, and lessons that I learn that I just feel like I want to share with you guys because I feel like we might be going through the same things. And again, I wanted to talk about this week, the importance of building my tribe and how I've done so within the past 10 months. We've all heard the saying that blood is thicker than water. And while, yes, I love my family and they are extremely important, I believe it has been more important and beneficial for me just to get back to my roots and build a tribe and or community. You know, we are people of color. A lot of the people who listen to my podcast are people of color. And if you go back to our ancestors, we didn't just depend on, you know, mother, father, aunts and uncles. No, we had a whole tribe of people. You know, we lived in villages. We depended on each other for different needs. You know, the saying, it takes a village to raise a child it really truly does and not to say that I depend on my tribe to raise my child because that's wild you know he's mine but in a way they provide me the support I need in order to provide my child with the support he needs so it's like having a tribe has been ridiculously important to me as of lately especially with 2020 Ever since I started this journey with my podcast, I have met the most amazing individuals, people who want to see me succeed, people who believe in me in ways I could never imagine, and I am beyond grateful for each and every one of you. You have been my shoulder to lean on. We laugh, we cry, we joke, we empathize, we celebrate each other's accomplishments, but we also hold each other accountable. This morning, for example, I have a group chat that I have created for the closest members of my tribe, the ones I speak to on a daily basis, the ones who check in on each other to make sure that we're all okay. In this day and age of 2020, where shit is just hitting the fan in all types of directions. And I woke up to a message that asked if we were investing in our health. And I just feel like that is such an important message. Oftentimes, we see our health as an expense, you know, doctor's visits, eating clean, dental checkups, therapy. These are all things that I grew up looking at as an expense instead of an investment. 
It honestly hasn't been up until recently, I want to say the past couple of years, that I've come to realize that taking care of yourself in a preventative way is the best way to live. In society nowadays, especially in the healthcare system, you know, I worked in healthcare for many, many years. It's always been more so treating disease than preventing disease. And I don't want to live that way anymore. Um, When it comes to investing in your health, that does not only mean money, but it also means time, time to make sure you can be your best self, whatever that looks like for you. And, you know, for some people that can mean a gym membership or a trainer, or maybe just allotting 30 to 60 minutes a day to be active. It could mean paying for therapy or just giving yourself quiet time each day to journal, meditate, or reflect. And it could even be as simple as setting time to make your own food instead of ordering Uber Eats or Grubhub. We have to invest in ourselves, whether that's money, whether that's time, whether that's motivation, whether that's whatever it, whatever you need to be healthy. You know, everyone's health looks different. The way people can achieve health is different for everybody. And I feel like my tribe has been on my neck in the most supportive way possible. And I honestly, 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 would not have been able to get through 2020 without them. (sighs) They have done more for me and not even like physically, monetarily or anything like that, but just emotionally, they have done more for me in the past five months than some of the friends I've known my whole life. And for that, I really thank 2020 because, you know, the saying hindsight is always 2020, right? So looking back, it's like I wouldn't have met these people if it weren't for COVID. I wouldn't have met these people if it wasn't for a pandemic. I wouldn't have met these people if I wasn't on lockdown, stuck in my house for days, weeks at a time, and not having anybody other than them to speak to. You know, these are people who checked on me daily. These are people who know more about my life and what's happening in my life now than some of my quote unquote closest friends. And I am forever grateful for you guys. You know who you are. You're, (laughs) I love you guys, honestly. Okay. Sorry, Ethan is making mad noise. You know, stay at home mom. He's literally in his room. Um, Okay, so now that I'm done being a water baby, let me tap into my air and ask the question everybody is dying to know. Are you dead ass? (laughs) That is literally a question I ask myself every day. Like, are we dead ass as a society? Are we dead ass as a collective? Am I dead ass as an individual? Is he dead ass as a person? Like, it's just, it's, I literally ask, say these three words every single day. And I feel like in 2020, there are so many reasons to ask this question. From Tory Lanez releasing a bum-ass playlist in response to allegations of shooting Meg Thee Stallion, to President Cheeto contracting the coronavirus and still going out to take pictures with his supporters. It's just wild. Like, these are all things that I'm just like, you can't be fucking serious right now. Like, this cannot be life. But 
today, I wanted to keep it semi-light and discuss how pissed the fuck off I am that it's looking like Halloween will probably be a whole entire dub. And if you know me, you know I fucking love Halloween. Like, I love everything about Halloween. I love the costumes. I love the creativity. I love that everybody comes together. I love that people come out of their comfort zone. I love that people plan costumes. I love that people get together. Kids get happy. Adults get happy. Like, even if you don't dress up, you like to see the costumes. It's just, it's just fun all around. I don't see it as the devil's holiday. Some people might, but it's really, Halloween has really become the most creative holiday for me. And now I knew it wouldn't be the same as previous years. 2020 just changed the state of the world as we know it. And I knew there wouldn't be huge parties like Pizza Zoo or 9 a.m. Banger. But I was at least expecting to like dress up, maybe enjoy a house party or two with my friends, maybe do like a group costume, take pictures. I don't know, just have fucking fun. And with the way things are looking and with, you know, COVID getting progressively worse, especially in New York City, regardless if the mayor or governor failed to really acknowledge it. It's really looking like we will have to find a new way to celebrate my favorite holiday. But not only just Halloween. Like, Halloween, to me, is like the kickoff of the holiday season. We have Halloween, then we have Thanksgiving, then we have Christmas, then we have New Year's. Like, it's literally the beginning of the end of the year, right? And it's all about coming together and doing things together and enjoying family, enjoying your tribe, enjoying your friends. And I just feel like all of that, we're going to have to find a new way to figure it out. You know, what ways are you guys going to be celebrating not only Halloween, because not everybody loves Halloween as much as I do, but the upcoming holidays? How do you guys feel about potential Zoom Thanksgiving or Christmas dinners, you know, exchanging gifts via Zoom? It's just, I don't, it's wild. It's really wild to me. And it's something that I have been thinking about a lot lately. Because if we go into another quarantine, I don't know what I'm going to do, (laughs) y'all. I really don't. And I feel like I need to come up with a plan. So that concludes this week's episode of the Do I Look Fat podcast. If you have any suggestions of how you plan on celebrating the holidays during this pandemic, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, underscore Steffi Kiss, S-T-E-P-H-Y-K-I-S-S. The podcast page is Do I Look Fat Pod, exactly how it sounds. Everything will be linked down below. Or you can send me an email, Do I Look Fat Podcast at gmail.com. Talk to me. Let me know. Give me ideas. Give me suggestions. Um, all of that. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Do I Look Fat Podcast. I really, truly appreciate it. I will see you guys next week. Remember, tell a friend to tell a friend to check out the Do I Look Fat Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. I love you. Stay blessed and take care. Mwah.